Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Wolverine.com podcast. I'm John Bork. We're talking Michigan football and basketball today with uh, one of our absolute favorites, Tom Crawford. Uh, Tom, our man in East Lansing, Michigan, who not only goes way back with both sports, but who was uh, had a little different experience down there in Indianapolis for the Michigan's Big Ten championship game. Tom, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, it's great to be back, JB. Uh, it's good to be following the maize and blue uh, in all sports these days. Yeah, I went fan, as I mentioned last week, first time since the 2011 Michigan-Ohio State game. Um, I have been doing the media box, and, and I'll do that next year and everything. But during this stretch drive, I wanted to go fan, and oh, my God, it was the most incredible experience. You know, we had – Great seats about the 43-yard line, 22 rows up. We had beer. We had access to all the, the, the sports bars and and that incredible facility. And I've never seen so much just uh, love for mi- fellow Michigan fans reaching out. The, the person four rows in, in front of you would be running back to give you a high five. It was an incredible amount of pent-up exuberation uh, for a Big Ten title first time in 17 years. Yeah, no doubt about it. Now, we, we get the from the sidelines view from Doug Karsh on a weekly basis. Uh, I mean, we're going to get a little bit of the from the stands view this time. Were you near any Iowa fans and talk about their uh, reaction to what was taking place uh, early on and then as things wore on and it became clear that Michigan was going to be in control? Well, fortunately, you know, one, one thing, um, and, and, and fortunate, I have a fraternity brother who's a pretty high donor, and uh, he gets the great season. We're all about Michigan fans all around us a little bit, maybe a section over to the mm-hmm. left. There was Iowa fans. And I'm going to tell you something about Iowa fans. They're a whole different duck than, uh, than Michigan State fans and Ohio State fans. They're actually, you know, really kind people to you. It was refreshing. And I'm telling you <laughs> what um, – I, you know, it was, uh, you know, they were loud. I, I, my hat's off to the Hawk fans. I mean, they, they, they were bringing it loud. They had, I think they, I think it was probably 60, 40 in there. Maybe I'm guessing Michigan to Iowa, but they were loud early on and they hung in there. Um, and, and so I, I commend them, but yeah, it was, uh, it was great and, uh, stayed right to the end, obviously the, the post game celebration, all that stuff, trophy presentation, and then tailgated a little bit before we, <laughs> Before we left, and uh, I got home at five to five, uh, wired as high as a kite, man. So it was, wow. so it was all adrenaline, JB. Sheer I guess adrenaline. So. 
you're going hardcore there. Now, let me talk about the game a little bit. Obviously, uh, Michigan jumps out to the uh, two-touchdown lead early. The reaction when you've got Donovan Edwards unloading a 75-yard touchdown pass, he had more passing yards than uh, than Kate McNamara, I think, for the half and for, for a while there. Uh, you know, big, you know, explosive plays that Michigan is not supposed to do explosive plays. And they did explosive plays with a 14-3 lead. But I'm going to tell you in my nervous, nilly way about as a Michigan fan, as I've been since I was eight years old, um, I worry about things. I wasn't feeling really good at halftime. I felt, you know, you know, I, I thought Michigan was going to win, but I thought it was going to be a root canal grinder, um, a colonoscopy-esque type game in the second half because – Michigan wasn't moving the ball, and that tight end drag play and those screens were hurting Michigan's defense. But obviously there were some adjustments, and then offensively we saw Michigan open up, incorporate the tight end, which I've been preaching all year. Scooney with the big catch, obviously, and, and Eric All and, and um, some, you know, some great play, some incredible offensive line play. Um, and then, you know, when it got to 21-3, you could see him looking at the Iowa bench a little bit um you know they're still engaged but at 28 to 3 i'm not saying they were checking out but you can see that they they saw the inevitable that they were going to lose and then it was just a coronation from that point forward the eric all touched down the one hand at 35 to 3 and then the, and then the final one um uh with donovan edwards it was just uh, a nice 21 nothing comfy fourth quarter yeah, I think that spirit was broken a little bit. Uh, they, Like you said, they had the quick touchdowns and established that lead, and then all of a sudden you uh, they kind of went numb for a little bit and uh, right. weren't doing anything particular offensively. Uh, Iowa thereby is hanging around. You know that they get the ball first to start the second half, and it's like, okay, uh-oh, here, you know, if – all it takes is one touchdown here, and uh, they're within four points. Uh, not to be, Michigan shuts them down on that first drive and then immediately, you know, starts moving the football, taking control, and kind of what uh, maybe a little more than you hoped. Uh, I think Iowa scores more than three points if they hadn't have been down so much because Kirk Ferentz having to take some chances, uh, eschewing. Uh, field goals for to try to score touchdowns and it just it turned into the total landslide yeah I mean and then he's punting you know he punted a little bit on fourth down when they, I'm not saying waving the white flag but it surprised me a couple of times they punted at 28-3 they could have tried to get back in the game I don't know I you know it's uh, I, I'm just glad it, it played out the, the way it did um yeah young Colazar getting a pick I mean it was just an, you know Aid Hutchinson getting the MVP. We saw, we've seen on on the Big Ten Network that terrific feature on the journey with the Hutchinsons, Chris and Melissa. We've seen the whole thing, and it's almost like you know, wow, maybe this 17 year wait was worth it because it's all coming together. Certainly looking forward. I'm going, to, I'm going fan again down at the Orange Bowl in Miami, so I'll be giving you that perspective, uh, you know, up leading up to the game and then after the game. I'll be looking forward to it. Tell me this much. Um, when, how weird is it? You go from the uh, the absolute gut grinder tension of the Ohio State game, which is this breakthrough, and it's been so long, and you you know you finally get that job done, and then 
it's almost anticlimactic in a way. Not that you're winning the Big Ten championship, but that it is. It becomes a little bit easier. It's like uh, everything is on these teams in the East to uh, to get through and make it through to Indianapolis. And uh, I know there have been some close games down there. This wasn't one of them. It just feels like everything depends on winning the East. Yeah, and this is the second uh, largest deficit in the Big Ten Championship game and the most attended Big Ten Championship game. So a lot of best ofs in that. You know, I, 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 you know a lot of people were, were concerned or, and the media were bringing it up. Oh, watch out for a letdown with, with, with Michigan. And some people are picking an upset on the national media level but I, I knew it was uh it was a two-part package and and, the, and the, the thing was called big 10 championship lack thereof they had not won one in 17 years and i i think the you know tom Izzo up here always talking about the best teams are are not necessarily you know coach teams you know but player led coach led teams but player led teams and, and jim harbaugh's done an incredible job with this team flipping a lot of things around and how he handles things but I've never seen a better leadership-driven, player-led team than the Michigan team. And Aiden Hutchinson sits historically at the core with his dad, Chris, having the five rings and the importance of winning the Big Ten Championship. When winning Big Ten Championships was the core competency, was the core mission statement of this program, and it was lacking. I knew with Aiden, Hassan Haskins, all the other great leaders on that team, I felt pretty confident there wouldn't be a letdown, John. Absolutely. I felt the same way. And you heard it from that same Aiden Hutchinson very early in the season, which kind of set the tone. And I'm quoting here after a, after a win, I think it was after Washington. I can't recall exactly, but you know, when Aiden says, uh, it, we haven't done a damn thing. And we heard versions of that throughout the season because, okay. uh, they were reminding themselves and everybody else we have bigger goals. It, it doesn't matter that you picked us five and seven or seven and five or whatever along the way or before the season started. We have our sights set on things a little bit higher. And now, obviously, they they have that uh, as they are headed for the Orange Bowl to uh, to take on Georgia. What what did you think about the uh, the seeding in this four team tournament for uh, all the marbles did any surprise there I, I kind of anticipated that that it wasn't going to be that two three Michigan Cincinnati that uh, that some people wanted to see and some others even wanted to see one four Michigan sliding up to the one spot yeah I mean I, I you know I thought maybe getting to the thirty five forty two range might uh, you know Michigan would be at least be in the strong discussion as a one and they were in the discussion obviously and I wasn't really surprised and you know what I you know it doesn't bother me as a fan. I mean, you got to beat them anyway. I know that's cliche, but I mean, um, I, you know, playing in the, this is like in the final four when you're playing in basketball, you're playing in the second game, you know, where, where that's the feature game, all eyes on you. Why not make this? I mean, I love the idea that if Michigan wins their first national championship in the new era, the playoff era, uh, and the first uh, national championship since 1997, that they defeat two SEC teams to do it. I mean, why not? Why not? That that would just be the crown jewel of all accomplishments in my mind to beat Georgia with the 11 five stars on defense we've been talking about. And then you have the greatest coach in college football, Nick Saban, and what he does at Alabama. That would be just too cool because I think Alabama is going to take care of Cincinnati, John. So 
It's storybook, yeah. so yeah. I, it didn't bother me that much. I would think that those 11 five stars had to lose at least a, a star apiece uh, <laughs> retrospectively after facing Alabama. I'm thinking, wow, that, that defense is going to give them a chance, but uh, that defense at times just got run over. You're, we're going to talk more about Michigan-Georgia heading into that game, but early, early view, your thoughts on uh, the Wolverines staying with the, uh, the team that really dominated college football so much of the year. Oh, I, I like Michigan's chances. They, they take care of the football. I think, I think their defense will hold up very well against Georgia's offense. I think there's going to be, there's going to have to be, a little more creativity offensively. We saw when Michigan's uh, quote-unquote stubborn interior running game got nowhere in the first half. They couldn't run the ball. And, and if you think Iowa's D-line, which is tremendous in Iowa, mind you, the ninth best defense in the country. But when you're trying to move those uh, dudes, if you will, for lack of a better term, that, that Georgia has on defense, it's going to have to be an a, a upgrade in creativity um, for Michigan, uh, you know, maybe more thrown on first down and incorporation. I know you get me tired of saying it, but J.J. McCarthy, maybe a larger percentage of uh, participation. Um, I just, I mean, the fact this escort led run touchdown of Blake Corum, he's got to kind of slow down to let Blake catch up to him so he can block for him. Um, this kid is an extraordinary athlete. And the yeah. the, eva the evasion on that one pass rush, and he got the interference call down there. That just that, that little clip right there shows you what might be needed um, at certain times against Georgia. Yeah, I, I like the fact that um, he is getting high level exposure, high level experience. Uh, I, I like the way they work these quarterbacks because you, in these days in college football, if you're not the guy. Uh, in most eyes, you've got one eye on, on the portal, and that's, uh, that's not unusual. But given the way they have been deployed, given the way that, uh, that Michigan has used them, I think uh, both of them feel really good about this championship, about a lot of things. So that's, that's no small deal. No, and, and, and everybody says, oh, well, I don't, about next year. Let's don't worry about next year. Let's don't worry about how that's going to play out and if one's going to transfer or, or maybe they could have a larger percentage of share next year. I'm not going to worry about that. But, I, you know, I, I think you agree with me. It's good to have a mix and it throw, it'll throw the Georgia defense off a little tempo and it's a whole, whole different look when J.J. comes in there in terms of RPO. Because in reality, John, when, when RPO is, is being utilized by Cade McNamara, there's no respect for the quarterback keep, uh, and it never happens. And, and I, you know, it's, that makes running interior very difficult. So um, I, we'll see how that plays out. Just, just embrace, I'm still embracing the moment that Michigan is CFP bound and Big Ten champs. Right. And it wasn't – now I'll say this. It wasn't run-pass option, but uh... – but Cade McNamara reminded everybody that uh, that he could run the football when he took it up the middle uh, against so. Iowa, and then dove head first. He said, you "I know, loved it. I loved it. Yeah, it was, that was terrific. Absolutely." So, hey, Good we got to talk some basketball here. Uh, we do. <laughs> Michigan is uh, starting to wake up a little bit. If you had talked, uh, if we'd have talked basketball a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, uh, it, it would have been they had that somber tone about. 
will this team make the uh, make the NCAA tournament? There's a real concern about this and that. Uh, and and though it's not like those problems have completely disappeared, but in these last two games, uh, but with uh, with San Diego State and now with Nebraska in the Big Ten opener, we've seen a lot of things. The uh, you know people giving up on Brandon Johns, and all of a sudden he's lining it up against the Cornhuskers, scoring twenty. Uh, other guys stepping forward and doing things that they weren't expected to, to do after the early going. Caleb Houston, people looked at him and said, he's just not ready for the college level. And now he's starting to hit shots. Things are, are much different. Your, your take on these last couple of games. Well, I, I got a good lesson learned from uh, from my podcast partner, Richard Relford, the former Michigan standout in the 85-86 uh, Big Ten champion team. After the Carolina game, we're doing a podcast, and he's like, he's telling me to, you know, relax. Everything's going to be fine. He's a very positive guy, in particular about Caleb Houston. He says that will come. He knows about this kid. And he's also been really bullish on Zeb Jackson. He knows Zeb. And so some of these parts, I'm, I've been, I'm getting some good intel from people a lot smarter than me and as well as Brandon Johns Jr., who I've seen play, as I've said, uh, since he was a kid. And, yet you you know, you knew he was struggling. The fact he came out and hit that three, what he did, what he did early on and throughout that game, my God, he had 20 points in 21 minutes of work, John. I mean, I was so happy for him. He's a wonderful young man. And, and you had, what, five guys in double figures. And I, I, I love the contribution of a, a, a more increased participation from Frankie Collins and and then uh, T. Will, Terrence Williams, and what he did. My God, he had the game of his life. I mean, it's like a it's like a whole different team, a whole different perspective. Now, I'm not saying they beat a juggernaut in Nebraska, mind you, but they did go four overtimes with NC State. But the San Diego State game, which we listened to on the way down in Indy on an app, was was a huge, huge building block. I thought that that was great. Minnesota is going to be, watch Minnesota tonight against Michigan State. I think they can knock out the Spartans at the barn. That's going to be a big game, 6.30 on Saturday night at Chrysler. It's all good. It's funny, though, our perspective on basketball, and I guess we're all human, but now all of a sudden we're all bullish on them because they, 102 points, my word, they looked terrific last night in Lincoln. Yeah, so we started out, okay, this is a, a team picked to win the Big Ten Championship. Yeah. and certainly make a big run in the NCAA tournament to uh, suddenly you get into the early going and it's, oh, no, we were completely wrong. This is a bad team that's going to struggle to make the NCAA tournament. You win a couple and it's, well, wait a minute. We're, we're you know, we're, we're gonna be so in your we're mind. We're also fickle. We're fickle. We're fickle human beings. That's what we are. We're Michigan fans. That's why we're wired. <laughs> So, so this is a snapshot in time, and we'll do this constantly. But, but now, between those two extremes, where do you think this team might be in the Big Ten and and overall as it grows throughout the season? Well, <laughs> um, you know, it's like last week. I was like, "Oh God, please let's just make the tournament kind of mentality," and now all of a sudden. I, on Friday night, I watched Purdue and Iowa. I go, well, Purdue, look, you know, that game went down the wire. Purdue looks kind of human. Um, and some of these other games I've seen. And so, it's it, you know, we're all kind of jump to conclusion kind of people. A lot of us are, me especially. And um, I think they could I think they could compete, maybe not with Purdue, but the, maybe they're a second or third best team. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. We're going to – I'll tell you what, we're going to find out real quick. 
because, uh, you know, in the Big Ten play, because after Minnesota, you got that Rutgers on the road, Michigan State at home, uh, Purdue at home, and the Illinois on the road, bang, bang, bang. So these yeah. next four Big Ten games, you know, talk to me that second weekend in January. I'll tell you all about where I think this team's going to be. They're going to find out real quick. No doubt. The first half of January, absolutely critical. You'd almost rather have that a little later on as this team yeah. is still growing, but it is what it is. You will play those games as they come. Uh, as always, Tom Crawford, uh, we're getting, we'd love to get the view from East Lansing, and it's, uh, it's a maize and blue view always. Uh, we will talk more and more as the basketball season goes on and as we get closer to the, uh, the playoffs with uh, Jim Harbaugh and that crew. Thanks much for joining us, and uh, we will do this again very soon. Always my pleasure, JB. I love being on the Wolverine podcast.